0: for joining. Today is October 6th, and one year ago today, the world changed. One year ago today, for better or for worse, I would say for worse, we were set on a trajectory as to why 2020 has been the way it has been. I have a couple bold predictions to make tonight, but first I need to recap exactly why I'm making this video and why you're watching it right now. On my last major live stream, I told you that the deep church is preparing to lock down for a second time. They are preparing the way for a second lockdown. They are making all their plans and their schemes to cancel Christmas. I told you that last time, and more than 50,000 of you watched that video. So far, nobody has disputed the set of argumentation that I laid out there with the proof and the facts and the evidence. Because the fact of the matter is, is that three and a half billion dollars transferred from the federal government to the Roman Catholic Church as hush money, as bribe money, so that they would stay closed to deprive you of your sacraments. Those same people who have been lobbying for a lockdown are lobbying for another lockdown. Since releasing that video, we have now seen in Canada, in the United Kingdom, in Australia, in parts of Latin America, Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York City. The noose is tightening around our necks. They're telling us that the second wave is coming. Canada has just gone into stage four lockdown. They were in stage three. The second wave is coming. No longer are the COVIDians making policy off of the deaths of their citizens, but they are making policy off of the projected number of cases the number of cases, and as the weather turns, as the fourth season is upon us and people get sick of pneumonia and the flu and influenza and other respiratory problems, as happens every time it gets cold, those problems, those associated deaths will be blamed on COVID and the noose will tighten around us once again. Even in little places in the center of the country like Kansas City, The Covidians are grasping for power that they can sense is slipping away. They are tightening restrictions even there on gatherings more than 100, a brand new restriction in that heartland city. Tonight I'd like to propose another bold prediction. It's actually a couple bold predictions, and I'm going to back these up with logic, but I'm going to do for you what I normally don't do. I'm going to give you the entire argument up front, so that those of you who can only watch the first couple minutes of this video get a sense of what the whole thing is about. The first is that is that we deserved 2020. We, we deserved. I deserved 2020. You deserved 2020 for our faithlessness, for our blasphemies, for our profanation of the Sabbath, and for our disbelief in the power of Almighty God. And yet the worst of 2020 is yet to come. Now, I'm not. I, I, you would not grant me some crown of uh, being bold and, and, and being a, a prophet if I just told you that 2020, the worst is yet to come. We have a Supreme Court justice yet to confirm. We have a presidential election yet to uh, undertake. We have a lot going on in 2020. The stakes are high. The stakes are incredibly high. So it doesn't take a prophet or a crystal ball to sit here and say that the worst is yet to come in 2020. But what I am contending, what I am contending is not only did we deserve it, not only is it going to be worse, but 2021 will be way worse than 2020. 2020 will pale in comparison to 2021 if we don't do what I will make you wait till the end of the video to do. Okay, so that's the first prediction There are two other things I'm going to say in the course of this video that if you're just going to click off, you're not going to get the benefit of. I am going to say two things tonight that you have not heard anywhere else. I am going to prove them to you. And you are going to be stunned by the fact, as we always tend to be stunned, by the fact that God is in charge. History is his story. Almighty God is in charge and he writes his name in history. He is in control of human affairs and he has intervened in 2020 rightly so, out of justice, and I intend to prove that to you tonight. But there are two things that I'm going to tell you that prove it to you that are going to come up during the course of this discussion that I'm not going to divulge to you now. So I'm sorry. If you if you plan on clicking off, you're not going to hear the two things that no other pundit, no other talking head, no other professional Catholic or amateur Catholic like me has ever observed, pointed out, strung together, and presented to you. So... Don't click off. This is going to be a lively show. I will take your questions and comments at the end, but this time I'm only taking your questions and comments if you provide where you are from, your name and town. I need to know where you're from. I think that'll be really funny uh, just to see. I think it'll be interesting. You know, we we have people from the entire English-speaking world. I've got people in the Philippines and New Zealand, Australia, the United Kingdom, Ireland, uh, who are watching the show and asking questions So, I do want to see those questions and comments, and I do promise at the end, per usual, in these major live streams, I will get to it. But tonight, we have to start with the timeline, as I promised you. Look at this timeline, ladies and gentlemen. Just look at the timeline. So, you're moving from left to right across your screen. What are you looking at? Well, you're looking in February of last year. This is what set the ball into motion. This is what's called the Abu Dhabi meeting. At Abu Dhabi, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, has a meeting with Muslim clerics in which they all mutually sign a document saying that God positively wills the diversity of religions. God positively, with his positive will, wills that there is a pagan religion called Islam, that there is a pagan religion called Buddhism, that there are schismatic religions called Protestantism and Eastern Christianity. God wills it. God wills that the Jews are obstinate and do not convert to the one true faith. God wills that. That's what the document says. It is essentially and fundamentally, what is it? What is this document? Well, I'm going to make a proposition to you tonight, and this is going to be a recurring theme that I come back to. The theme is that there is communism, secular humanism, environmentalism, whatever you'd like to call it. But it is essentially, when you boil it down, it is Freemasonic ideology. What we're t- what we're talking about that all religions are fundamentally the same. Um, that the Pope, it seems, is running for president of the world religions. Um, that each religion has one equal vote. Um, that uh, that it denies the absolute sovereignty and existence in some cases of Almighty God—that's one of the tenets of communism—is the denial of God, the denial of the first commandment. It is the—it is idolatry. It is placing uh, earthly things and uh, materialism ahead of spirituality. It is essentially—it um, it, is—it is scientism. It is naturalism. I talk a lot about naturalism, the error that so many American bishops, especially, have fallen into when they deprive you of the sacraments they don't they disbelieve in the supernatural and they only believe in the natural and so suddenly they're all epidemiologists and virologists but none of them are theologians none of them are your pastors they're not there to fix your soul they're there to protect your body that's naturalism environmentalism is lumped in here you saw today you saw the translation of the new encyclical. I'm just going to call it tutti-frutti. You saw today that uh, environmentalism, uh, we all have one common earth, one common origin. So this whole stream, you you can call it whatever ism you want, communism or secular humanism, environmentalism, this stream of thought is set into motion long ago, but put down in writing and signed by a pope and a bunch of schismatics and heretics and pagans at Abu Dhabi, In response to that, Almighty God burns to the ground some parts of one of our most storied churches in all of Christendom, the splendid Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. I'm going to get into that. We did a whole show about that, and there are a couple details about that that you need to know that tie into the top two things that I'm going to present to you that you've never heard of from anybody else. On the internet, but I can't tell you that in the upfront thing. Then we move into the summer, the summer of 2019 that set this ball in motion as well. Remember, what did our Lady at Fatima talk about? The errors of Russia. What is the error of Russia? It's communism. That is what it is. It's spread and it's spread like a virus throughout the world, and it's spreading in China. We're talking about the Church in China. Others have done this topic justice. They've talked about how Pope Francis has sold the Chinese Church down the river. You see an image there of Cardinal Zen. Cardinal Zen, at one point, was sleeping in the streets. He and some of his bishops in China and Hong Kong, the church is underground there. It's being persecuted. Christians are dying. They're not allowed to practice their faith unless they, can, they subscribe to communism first. That's the deal that was struck. And the first bishop in the new Chinese communist church was ordained that summer, summer of 2019, so we have Abu Dhabi, God takes revenge. We have s- stuff happening in China, and then God takes his revenge on the very same day. Now we're fast-forwarding to the, f- to the fall of 2019. On the very same day that the Brazilian Amazonian Synod of Bishops opens under the auspices, under the under the guidance of the German schismatics, Our Lady of Akita, who had been silent since the 70s. For more than 40 years, she has said nothing to us. She suddenly speaks. She speaks to Sister Agnes. And she is warning of an impending doom to mankind. You see an image of the Pachamama. It's right here next to my Manhattan. I'll move my Manhattan so you can see the Pachamama. I've never talked about the Pachamama on Restoring the Faith. In fact, that's a deliberate decision that Joe and I made not to talk about the Pachamama while we were getting this thing started. We didn't want to be controversial. We wanted to be catechetical. We wanted to talk about history, traditions, and the beauty and splendor of our faith. A lot has changed in the last year, wouldn't you say? I'll go into the Pachamama just a little bit. I have a couple clips to play you as well. Interesting stuff. Others have done Pachamama to death. You know who they are. After the Pachamama, we have the birth of COVID-1984. COVID-1984 strikes, and then you see this this map of America, or at least the, low, the lower 48. I didn't want to squeeze Alaska in there. It was, it was a lot of work, Photoshop work. I'm not really a Photoshop guy. But I'm calling it Black Sunday. Black Sunday was March twenty second, 2020. March 22nd was the day that the church gasped her last dying breath and she died in America for a time. She went to sleep. Sacraments around the the country and around the world, but from coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, sacraments were denied. That happened. And then we get to the summer of 2020, which has just concluded, and you see the buffoonery the unhealthy and unholy alliance, the marriage between the despicable members of high government and high church. These men negotiated for a bailout lockdown that was the subject of my last major live stream. I talked about it for more than two hours. I laid it out to you, a 17-point logical syllogism. Not really syllogism, but step by step, I walk you through the logic of why there will be a second lockdown. And the long and short of it is, is that it's just too darn profitable. Why wouldn't you close the church doors when the government's going to pay you off to do so? Why wouldn't you take the money to shut down? Imagine, at no time in history has any organization been paid $3.5 billion to do nothing to shut down. Right. Okay. So there we go. That is um, that is our timeline, and we're going to walk into it. Okay, first, let's unpack it. Abu Dhabi. Here you see Crux News, Vatican News. You can see Vatican News uh, talking about this document on human fraternity, on human fraternity. This is just an outline document for what we were later going to get in Tutti Fruity, which just came out yesterday and today over the weekend. That God has positively willed that Muhammad would come to found a religion, a political movement. That God has positively willed that the Jews would be obstinate and continue to crucify him. That God has positively willed that the pagans who worship nature in Latin America, who worship their ancestors in Asia, that those religions are perfectly valid. That God has designed those religions. God has willed them to be. This statement shook the Catholic world. It was like an earthquake. And it happened in February of 2019. February. Okay, so uh, this really set things into motion. We knew that Pope Francis believed these things. We knew that he was, willingly or unwillingly, a conspirator, co-conspirator, with the Freemasonic takeover of the highest levels of the Catholic Church. I'm not saying he's a Freemason. I have no proof of that. But he certainly believes in their ideology and conspirare to breathe the same air together. He certainly breathes the same air as the Freemasons, so he's part of the conspiracy, whether he knows it or not. He he is telling you, the Holy Father, the leader of the Holy Roman Catholic Church, the successor of St. Peter, is telling you that Pope St. Pius V was wrong in fighting the Muslims at Lepanto. He's telling you that the Crusades were wrong, that the Spanish Reconquista was wrong. He's telling you that the church's ancient enemy, Islam, Mohammedism, is positively willed by God, and that those people who reject our Lord, who blaspheme our Lord and our Lady, who make war on Christians around the world, who conducted genocide in the Middle East and in Africa and in parts of the Philippines. He is saying that those people are justified in their actions, that God positively wills their violent religion, that it is perfectly legitimate. This is what is called the New World Order. The New World Orderites used to openly talk about the New World Order They used to talk about it and discuss it in the open. George Bush's father, George Bush Sr., Bush 41, the 41st president of the United States, would openly talk about establishing the New World Order. In the New World Order, there is no privileged religion. All are essentially equal. They all have equal footing at the table. They get one vote. And the most woke cleric amongst all of them gets elected president of the New World Order religions. It seems to me that's what Pope Francis has been vying for. He's outlined, he sketched his philosophy here, he codified it in Tutti Frutti, the encyclical that has come out over the weekend. Okay, that's the first point. So that sets that that is really an offense to God. This is pretty offensive. God, I know that you came down, second person Holy Trinity, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried, descended into hell. on the third day, he rose again. I know you did all these things. But surely you didn't do them to found one church. Surely when you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, didn't you mean we, we all, we're all the way, the truth, and the life? That's Abu Dhabi. We're going to get back to that. In response to Abu Dhabi, almost in direct response to Abu Dhabi, if you read history from the point of view of Almighty God, this happens. Notre Dame, the crown jewel, the crown jewel of Paris the most splendid, magnificent thing in that city. Took hundreds of years to build. Was built on the ruins of the Roman Empire. Notre Dame caught fire. We still don't know why. Nobody can tell us why. Nobody can tell us if it was, in fact the fact that in Paris there are very heavily populated Muslim areas. Nobody can tell us if it was a Muslim worker on the job site or a Muslim vandal who set this fire. The investigation thus far has been inconclusive. Nobody talks about it. President Macron gives us nothing to go off of. Here I'm going to reveal a secret to you. This is a secret that Joe and I didn't really talk about. We didn't draw this point out when we did this show about the burning of Notre Dame when that happened last summer, two summers ago. When the part of the roof that caught fire collapsed and fell and destroyed everything underneath of it, do you know what was destroyed? The Novus Ordo altar was destroyed. The freestanding table of sacrifice, table of plenty, was collapsed under the weight of fire, wood, metal, and wrath. The table of plenty buckled like this shabby foundational. philosophy that it represents. You know what was preserved though? The high altar. Now the church wasn't raised to the ground completely. It could be restored. It can be restored. Lots of people gave a lot of money to restore it immediately. We don't know if they're going to restore it to the, its former splendor. We know that the mayor of Paris and that president Macron have said that they want to have a contest to see who can design the best restoration plan that fits into the modern culture. So you know, it's going to be wrecked. It's ruined, disfigured permanently, but the high altar was preserved intact, ready to go, ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, almighty God from heaven reached down and destroyed the Novus Ordo altar. This is a foreshadowing of what was to come the following spring in what I'm calling Black Sunday. And I will tell you two incredible things about that date if you hang in with me. But I have to string you along so you watch, so you can get all the information. All right, we've been in the Middle East now. We've been in Europe. Our story now needs to take us to Asia. I told you that in China they were they began ordaining bishops under the new deal cut by Francis. There were sees in China, apostolic sees that had been long vacant, the Vatican and the Chinese communist government have long been at odds. And this supposedly was changed. This supposedly was solved by Pope Francis. We all know it's a sham deal. We all know that it's a total and complete capitulation and concession to the communists. We know that to be a Catholic in China, on the books, officially, to be an official Catholic in China, one has to swear allegiance first to the communist government, the godless communist government, the godless anti-Catholic communist government, before you can profess the one true faith. We know that Pope Francis has exhorted the faithful in China that their first duty, their primary duty, is to be good citizens. What does it mean, ladies and gentlemen, to be a good citizen in a hostile, anti-Catholic, materialistic, atheistic communist regime does it mean having high social credit scores does it mean being docile and obedient does it mean assenting to the wholesale slaughter of innocent lives and babies in living under the one-child policy does it mean foregoing the natural law and the natural rights of man What does it mean? What does it mean to be a good citizen in China? A police state, a surveillance state, a bioterrorist state. The Catholic Church, the true Catholic Church in China, has been suppressed. And just last week, I didn't do an explicit show about this, it's a huge topic. I just, I can't cover every topic because I can only do this once or twice a week. Like I said, I'd, I'm not a pro. I'll get paid for this. This is a hobby. But just last week, Cardinal Zen was able to escape communist China via Hong Kong for 120 hours. He let Rome know he was coming. He made it to Rome. He's desperate, desperate to get the ear of Pope Francis. Imagine this a cardinal of the Catholic Church living behind enemy lines in a communist country escapes that communist country, makes it to Rome. Wouldn't you, if you were the commander in chief, if you were the holy monarch, wouldn't you want to hear the frontline battle reports? from your general who's on the ground, who's engaged in the combat. You can see in the bottom of the screen, he doesn't. He didn't. Cardinal Zen, in 120 hours in Rome, couldn't find Pope Francis for five minutes. The Pope didn't have five minutes for Cardinal Zen. Cardinal Zen had a lot to tell him, wanted to give him a real-time report of what it's like to be Catholic in China. Cardinal Zen risks his life to escape via Hong Kong to get to the holy ancient city of Rome to speak to the Holy Father. The Holy Father has made time for actors, for film producers, for comedians the Holy Father has made time for James Martin, FJ. The QRS, WXYZ individual. The celebrity priest who is leading souls into hell by telling them that they can be gay. The Holy Father has time for Jimmy Martin, but he has no time for Cardinal Zen of China. The errors of Russia will spread. The errors of Russia will spread. Now, China, obviously, when you talk about COVID, China's on the table. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. We have had a direct affront to Almighty God in Abu Dhabi. He tries to warn us. He gives us a foreshadowing of what's to come. He collapses the Novus Ordo altar. We go ahead and continue to battle him in Asia, with the er- cooperating with the heirs of Russia, in cahoots with the heirs of Russia. And so what does Almighty God do? He sends his most august mother he sends her to intervene to try to warn us to say creatures listen to me my son is displeased with you after decades of silence after decades of silence our lady of Akira in northern Japan speaks once again She speaks to the same sister who was so young so many decades ago when she first delivered the harrowing message in the 1970s that the chastisement is coming. The chastisement is deserved. She speaks to this nun, Sister Agnes, who then reports what she learns from the Blessed Virgin Mary in various outlets around the world. In the United States, it's it's from this radio station. This radio station somehow has the direct feed to Sister Agnes. We don't know why. I never got clarity on that. I was just always told that it was legitimate WQPH. I think that's out of Boston somewhere on the East Coast, they are translating or receiving translated from Japanese into English, the statements of Our Lady of Akira. Now, again, this cannot be a comprehensive video. I cannot tell you absolutely everything. I could do an hour or two hours or three hours just on Our Lady of Akira and her chastisement of us. She speaks in the most in the in the clearest tones relative even to Fatima, La Salette, good counsel. You think about the major apparitions of our lady in the last four hundred years, and none are more terrifying, none are more pointed than the warnings of Our Lady of Akira. So when she speaks again after 35 or 40 years. We better listen. But ladies and gentlemen, what day did she decide to speak? What day did the messages of Our Lady of Akira begin? They were one year ago today. Today is the one year anniversary because today is also the one year anniversary Of this. The opening of the Amazon Synod was October 6th, 2019. The Amazon Synod consisted of many sordid, awful, appalling things. There were images that are so vulgar I can't even describe them to you in this video. There were concepts so anti-Catholic, so wicked, so despicable, that in polite company, they could not even be repeated. But these things were paraded around in Catholic churches. You witnessed bishops in the Amazon, bishops, successors of the apostles, bragging about the fact that they had not baptized a soul. Bragging that they had presided over the conversion of exactly nobody. You heard a call from the deepest recesses of the Amazon for female deacons, for priestesses, to meet the demands of the Amazonians. You heard the yearning of a people so deeply connected with Mother Earth, so attached to the land and in tune with the circle of life, of our shared home. That's what you heard at the Amazon Synod. And you bore witness to the parading around of an idol, A true idol, a literal idol, a literal demon, the Pachamama. The Pachamama was paraded around. It was placed on the altars during the holy sacrifice of the mass. It was given its prominent and reverent due. Now let's go back for a second. What did I tell you about communism? I told you that communism was an affront to God because it denies the first commandment. It is atheist. It denies the existence of God. It denies the second and third commandments because it places man as the idol. It blasphemes God and it profanes the Sabbath. It profanes all that is holy. I've talked to you a lot, and those of you who are now following this logic and seeing what I'm getting at, when I emphasize the first three commandments of Almighty God, you know what my solution to this is going to be. But I will just tell you right now at the outset, Almighty God takes his first three commandments seriously. You and I, we are concerned about the other commandments. We get very concerned When someone steals from me, I'm concerned about that. When someone lies to me, I am affronted. When someone covets my beautiful wife, or tries to kill me, I take that very seriously. So you and I care about Commandments 4 to 10, because fundamentally they involve our property, our things, our marriages and relationships and families and our lives. But Almighty God is pretty concerned about the first three. That's why they're first. That's why they are the first up. To all of you constitutional conservatives and Republicans and MAGA people and pro-Trump people who are very, very fond of the First Amendment, who think that we have the freedom to say whatever we want, including to blaspheme God. To all of you who say that the First Amendment is so important, and if we don't have the First Amendment, that's why we have the Second Amendment— You people don't talk about the Fourth Amendment in this surveillance state in which we live. Unreasonable searches and seizures. Where are you guys at on the Tenth Amendment? Defederalizing our system of government. Relegating power at the lowest possible level. Anything not explicitly given to the federal government is delegated to the states. I never hear you talk about the later amendments, you just focus on the first amendment. So let's apply this logic to almighty God. Communism is a godless ideology that denies the existence of God, that blasphemes him and profanes his holy Sabbath. Communism makes the state, makes politics an idol, It supplants God. It pushes him out of the public square and focuses the attention of man on himself. Communism is the antithesis, the antithesis of the Catholic Church. It is our mortal enemy. It is. So we're back to the Amazon Synod. where bishops are preaching communism, communal ownership of property, connection to the environment, conversion of exactly nobody, zero baptisms, a change of the church's traditions, an adoption of pagan liturgy. As if this wasn't bad enough, as if this wasn't bad. I mean, this is bad, right? This is pretty bad. In fact, the Pachamama was so bad that Taylor Marshall had something to say about it. In fact, I'm about to play you a clip. Taylor Marshall directly intervened. He hired the guy, Alexander. He paid for his plane ticket. He flew him from Vienna to Rome, sent him in, to grab the pachamama to throw him into the Tiber River, and I applaud him for doing that. Here it is.
1: Everyone knows you as the guy who threw the pacha idols in the river, and we we thank you again for doing that. That was a great a great moment of of victory and joy. In yeah, well, now picture. Taylor isn't now the time to to tell the people a little bit about about how we were in contact. I guess perhaps we can. Uh, uh, I wasn't prepared for that, but yeah, uh, Alexander and I uh, had met in Rome before all this. We uh, we met before even the potches were out, and when yes. we learned about the tree that was planted uh, in that ceremony with the potches, we were at dinner, and we were discussing how we might go in and rip that tree out of the ground, and Alexander knows some people who, who live in the Vatican area, and he's been back in there, and so we... We were just talking about the terrain and where people are. And and I think someone brought up the fact that there might be snipers on top of Santa Marta. <laughs> right? That kind of scared us a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So Everybody at this knows. point, we didn't really know about the Pachas.
0: Okay, okay, you get it, you get it. Is it a little disingenuous that he acted like he wasn't involved in it, and that somehow he was always getting the exclusives with Alexander? You make your you make up your mind about that. It's fine. I, you you can fall one way on that issue or the other. At the end of the day, somebody did something, and I think that that's a good thing. Objectively, worshiping a demon in Saint Peter's Basilica has never been done. It is unprecedented, ladies and gentlemen. It's unprecedented. Now, as if that wasn't bad enough, let's fast forward to November, one month later. So we're worshiping demons. We're promulgating heresy. The schismatic Germans are in charge, bragging about converting exactly nobody. And then we have this. We have an idol, a, a, an ancient idol, Moloch. We have Moloch in Rome. We have Moloch in the Colosseum, ladies and gentlemen. How does Moloch, how does Moloch show up in the Colosseum? Now, the Colosseum, if you didn't know, was a place where Christians were martyred. They were sometimes lit on fire to light the Roman games, That's pretty brutal. That happened for like 200 years, 250 years, until Emperor St. Constantine the Great had his conversion and legalized and and enforced Christianity as the law of the land. But up until that time in the Colosseum, countless martyrs and saints were made in the name of the Holy Spirit. Catholic faith. That same faith that nobody in the Amazon needs to convert to. That same faith that nobody needs to convert to because God positively has willed all religions. Moloch is the is the anti-god. He's the demon mentioned in scripture to whom the pagans would sacrifice their children in exchange for money, power, wealth, esteem, health, abundance. Moloch is still around. Moloch is still a demon. Here you can see that I did a show about Moloch. It's on the channel. You can find it. But where do we find Moloch, you say? Where is he being worshipped? The Canaanites are no more. Well, he's being worshipped right here in the United States. He's being worshipped in the United States of America every time a baby is sacrificed in exchange for wealth, food, security, power, luxury, material possessions advancements at work, and esteem of your colleagues. That is the sin of abortion, the grave sin of abortion, which many clerics today are very reticent to condemn as a mortal sin. Have you heard of this seamless garment philosophy that they like to espouse? That, yes, abortion, of of course, is bad, but so is youth unemployment. That's also bad. And you can't really have a hierarchy of bads. Everything that's bad is bad. And so we have to address it all at once. We can't just say we have to vote pro-life first and foremost ahead of youth unemployment, which is what Francis at one point early on in his pontificate said was the greatest evil facing the world, the unemployment of the youth. Um. So Moloch is honored in the eternal city as soon as everyone gets back, especially those schismatic Germans. As soon as they get back to Rome from the Amazon Synod, Moloch is placed on a pedestal. This is the point in the show where I'm going to just verbally explain something that I saw, but I have to give you every single um I have to give you I have to tell you I'm not an epidemiologist, I'm not a mathematician, I don't do statistics for a living. I, I work with math for a living and finance, but not the kind of statistical analysis that I'm gonna put forth here. Okay. But back in March and April, I will tell you this before we get to the next point. And this is one of the two, this is one of the two blistering facts that I am putting forward in tonight's video that you have never heard anywhere, that you will never hear anywhere else. Well, you might hear it after this because there are a lot of copycats out there, and that's fine. There, I don't have a patent on truth or originality. There's no such thing. There's nothing, there's nothing new under the sun, really. I don't get bent out of shape when people copy me and start wearing blazers and smoking cigars and drinking Manhattans in their live streams. That's fine. I think that's a good thing. You should be doing that. But I will tell you that multiple people that I know and trust, that I have seen, and I saw it on social media, I saw it floating around, I even saw somebody write us an article, a semi-scholarly article, not technically a scholarly article, but I saw it written, that according to the standard regression model of currently known cases, again, back in April, May, March, April, May, if you just do the standard regression model that... A virus tends to double every 6.8 days, and according to the number of known cases at the time in March, April, May, you could regress back to the so-called birthday of COVID-19. You could find the day in which that virus was born. And do you want to know what the birthday of the virus was according to Multiple people who performed the same mathematical models during March, April, and May and based their models off of the reported number of cases, which we all know is sketchy data anyway. But do, but, but, for argument's sake, do you want to know what the birth date that multiple independent people came up with was? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the birth date was. I'll stop believing the point. It was this day. It was the day that the Pachamama was honored in Rome. It was the day that the Pachamama idol was brought to the eternal city. The day that the Holy Father, the successor of St. Peter, the rock of the church, upon whom it was promised that the gates of hell shall never prevail. It was the day that the gates of hell did prevail in Rome, that an idol, a demon, was brought for worship by the successor of Peter. That's the day. That's the birthday of COVID-19. We heard about it. Yes, I know. I know what you're saying. We heard about it in January. Uh, all the official news media say that it that it came out in January. The New York Times started reporting about it in early to mid January. Back then, by the way, they called it a Chinese virus. I guess the New York Times is racist too. But you and I know that we don't trust the news media. You and I know that we don't trust what the mainstream is telling us. They don't have our best interests at heart. They're not bound by the constraints of truth. They don't think that people have a right to their good name. They don't believe that error has no rights. So yeah, they told us that it came out in January. And if you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Think about this. The Holy Father says that all religions are positively willed by God. And what does God do? He strikes the eldest daughter of the church in her crown jewel. The errors of Russia spread in China. They continue to spread. And what does our Lord do? He sends his mother to warn us, stop, stop yourselves, don't do it. We place an ancient pagan idol in the eternal city and parade around a demon in our churches. So what does he do? He takes away our Mass. He takes away our sacraments. He takes away the manner in which we can communicate with Him. He removes the salvific entity that He founded. It is by the sacraments that grace is communicated into our soul. Grace is the partaking partaking in the inner life of Almighty God. No grace, no God. This is Black Sunday. Now, I told you And I'm about to tell you the second blistering, blistering, earth-shattering piece of information that nobody has told you. You haven't heard it from Skojek, from Voris, from Marshall, from Gordon. You've heard it from nobody. You're hearing it here first. There are going to be a lot of copycats afterwards. That's fine. I don't own the information. I don't have a patent on it or copyright on it. I'm just telling you that I observed it back in March... But restoring the faith at the time was not set up to do what it's doing now. I initially just wanted to read you Dom Garange. I just wanted to read you the liturgical year. (sighs) Okay, you'll permit me, I have to take one minute here. It looks like somebody in the live chat is causing a ruckus and I just have to ban them for a second, so... There we go. You're welcome to the live chat for the uh, several hundred of you that are watching live. Okay. I told you that in early March, and I'll tell you exactly how I arrived at this conclusion, but I told you in early March, if you have mass still, go. Go to mass. Go to mass. We're going to lose it. We're going to lose our mass. I was right. Now, at the time, I was told I'm a reactionary, I'm overreacting, I'm stirring up trouble, I'm needlessly attacking the bishop's. Because at the time, only a few places had closed down. But I'll, I will, I'll just be honest with you. I'm going to level with you tonight. And then I'm going to tell you my big revelation. Okay? First of all, when Bishop Aquila in Denver shut down his archdiocese, he's, he's a bellwether bishop. When that happened... I knew that it was time to warn people. I knew at that point that it was time to warn people that if you have mass, you need to go to mass. Sean Morrissey, you're now in timeout. Sorry, the live stream. I need to find somebody who can do the live stream for. I need a producer who lives in the heart of America who's available at like 9 p.m., on random weeknights. I told people to go to mass and they said that I was reaction or whatever, but when Bishop Aquila shut down, I knew that everyone was going to shut down. Okay. Now let me reveal to you the second most interesting fact that you've never heard. You've hung in here. There are hundreds of you watching right now live, and there are hopefully thousands of you who are going to watch after the fact. Let me just tell you. On March 22nd. On March 22nd, 1970, Palm Sunday, the Novus Ordo Mass came to the United States and it was implemented by force. There was exclusionary language published by Rome which said you will use the Novus Ordo Missae. Yes, the Novus Ordo was promulgated the prior advent. I understand that, ladies and gentlemen. For all of you who are going to correct me, yes, I get that. But go back and look at the documents. The second pronouncement from Rome placed the exclusionary language. It said you must implement the Novus Ordo Missae. On March 22nd, Palm Sunday, in Lent, 1970. Now, now, 50 years later, on March 22nd, 2020. 50 years to the day. 50 years to the day of the implementation of the Novus Ordo Mass. Almighty God, in His justice, in His mercy, canceled the Mass, canceled the Novus Ordo Mese. Black Sunday was upon us. I told you that Black Sunday was coming from the beginning of March. I've got three shows here, three live streams. The first live streams that Joe and I ever did. We never went live. We didn't even know how to go live. But we said something is something is up. Something's changed. Something's different. And it was in March and April that I realized this is the Jubilee year. This is the Jubilee year. Every 50 years is a Jubilee year. Every 50 years of important things, Rome celebrates. The church celebrates. Imagine the jubilee year of a priest ordained for 50 years. The Jubilee anniversary of his priesthood. It's the highlight of his life. Many don't make it that long. You don't live that long. Or in the Novus Ordo, you just leave. We've seen that priests are ordained what when they're 30 35 so to add 50 years to that this an achievement the jubilee is an achievement the jubilee is significant the church has always always celebrated the jubilees and now there's no celebration there's no jubilee in fact in the jubilee year hear what i'm telling you in the jubilee year of the implementation of the new mass the vatican ii mass the novus ordo missae in the jubilee year the 50th anniversary to the day to the day From Lent 1970 to Lent 2020. March 22nd to March 22nd. To the day. God canceled the church. He would not be mocked anymore. He will not be mocked. By the liturgical abuse. By the clowns and the banjos. By the drums and the happy birthdays. By the dogs and the service animals. By the con celebration and the changes. By the priests facing the wrong way. Putting on a show for people. God would not be mocked. 50 years to the day. In the jubilee year. The church was cancelled by a virus that emanated from communist China. China. Whose birthday, according to some, was the idolatrous Pachamama event? We were warned, ladies and gentlemen. We were warned. We knew that it would be this way. We knew that this was coming. Didn't we? Didn't we? Okay, so that's why I say 2020 has been strange. But the first thing I told you at the outset of this video is that we deserved it. And we do. We deserved it because we've mocked God. And especially we've mocked him in the first three of the Decalogue. The commandments of God. We have mocked him by denying his existence... We have mocked him by making an idol of ourselves, and we have mocked him by blaspheming his holy name and by profaning his holy day. That's what we have done. That's why we deserved what has happened to us in 2020. Let's go back to the timeline. You can see it. You can see it. Why was 2020 so bad? Because 2019 was a dumpster fire. Why was 2020 so bad? Because we put Moloch on a pedestal in 2019. Why was 2020 so bad? Because we carried an idol into Rome in 2019. Why was 2020 so bad? Because we said that Muslims are legitimate, that God willed that fake religion. That's why 2020 was so bad. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Okay, I have two more things to say. And then I will get to your questions and your comments. The first is, so what? so what what do we do how can we react to this information I have just given you some really heady stuff I have just for the very first time on this channel I've crossed a line that I never thought that I would have to cross because it wasn't in the charter of RTF I have told you that your Holy Father has led you astray, that he has espoused heresy starting at least in February of 2019, continuing to this day with Tutti Frutti. What do we do? What do we do? Permit me to read to you. Can I read to you? I want to read two passages to you. From this book, it's called The Golden Arrow. The Golden Arrow. What can we do to defeat this communism? I'm going to read to you, and you will understand why I've set up the show the way I have. And I hope my prayer is that everyone will make it all the way through to this, because this is the solution. Okay. First (sighs) revelation of October 4th, 1846. Several months have passed since I experienced anything extraordinary. Our Lord during this time of trial deigned, however, to purify my soul by great interior sufferings as all consciousness of his presence was withdrawn from me. But this morning, as soon as I had received Holy Communion, he in, in, He intimated to me that he wanted to keep me at his feet, and I obeyed. He then made me hear these sad and frightful words. Quote from our Lord. My justice is irritated on account of the profanations of the holy day of Sunday. I seek a victim. I answered, Lord, you know that my superiors have given me permission to abandon myself to your divine hands. Therefore, do with me whatever may please you. Although I must indeed add, what am I anyhow, O Lord? I further said to him, It is indeed you yourself who speaks in these revelations to me. Thereupon it seems to me that our Savior accepted the act of self oblation which I had just made to him, and he told me that he would in a new way take possession of my whole being so that in a certain manner he himself would suffer within me in order to appease the divine justice aroused by the reason of the desecration of Sunday. After that, our Lord commanded me to receive Holy Communion every Sunday for these particular intentions. Three. Three intentions. First, in a spirit of atoning for all forbidden works done on Sundays, which as holy days are to be sanctified. Second, to appease divine justice, which was on the very verge of striking on account of the profanation of holy days, not just Sundays, holy days. Third, to implore the conversion of those sinners who desecrate Sundays and to succeed in obtaining the cessation of forbidden Sunday labor. That sets the stage for what we're about to talk about, but the really important part is now. The, The thrust of this show, this so what, is right now. Okay. Revelation of March 14th, 1847. March 14th. Hmm. When we lost Mass, middle of March. Uh, This is just a note about this reading, and then I'll read you a very, I'll read you a couple paragraphs, and I'm going to tell you why I'm reading this. I didn't tell you why I'm reading this. Quote In this communication, communists are openly designated by our Lord as a group secretly working to advance diabolical plots and anti-Christian principles in order to inflame all society. To stop them by obtaining God's mercy, our Lord orders Sister Mary personally to ask the Archbishop in the name of the Savior to inaugurate the Holy Face Devotion. Okay, I'm going to give you the reading. And I'm going to tell you why you've never heard this before and what sets this reading apart from anything you've ever heard in your life. Quote, Today after Holy Communion, our Lord told me that the disaster caused by the flood with which he had been recently struck was only a forerunner of other punishments which divine justice is preparing for us if we do not appease the anger of God. He showed me the sins of blasphemy and profanation of Sunday under the symbols of two pumps which men guilty of these crimes are drawing the waters of God's wrath in our country and which is in danger of being submerged in the work of reparation, if the work of reparation which he has given us in his mercy as a means of deliverance be not established. Listen to this paragraph. Listen to this sentence. After that Our Lord told me that the society known as the Communists had so far made only one outbreak, but that they were working secretly to advance their schemes. He then added, the words of our Lord to Sister Mary, Oh, if you only knew their secret and diabolical plots and their anti-Christian principles. They are waiting for a favor. They are waiting for a favorable day in order to inflame the whole country. He's speaking of the eldest daughter of the church. He's speaking of France. He's speaking of this Notre Dame. That's what he's speaking of. There is not one single time. That you know of, that our Lord or Our Lady has come down to earth to speak directly about communism. 1847, he speaks to a nun who's living in France, in Tours, who has no concept of communism she's never heard the word in her life and yet our lord delivers that word communism to her and says that they are the scheming enemy that he is concerned about communism 1847 delivered to sister mary of saint peter and what does he say is the solution is the weapon to defeat communism how ladies and gentlemen i know there's a i know there's a typo on this timeline thank you for pointing that out but how how do we overcome this timeline what do we do with this information the pope doesn't care about the Catholics living under the yoke of communism in China. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. The Pope doesn't believe that you need to convert to the one true faith to be saved. Nobody talks about the first three commandments. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody is concerned with blaspheming. We're more concerned with freedom of speech. Nobody is concerned with keeping holy the Sabbath. We are concerned about economic growth. Do you see why we can't even in an unqualified way say well maybe Trump will save us maybe the Trump Zilla will save us he's going to inject the vaccine in your arm he's going to have the National Guard do it he doesn't care about the Sabbath and his foul mouth blasphemes our Lord probably daily what will save us what will save us is this devotion to the Holy face. That is what we need. Sure. Vote for Trump. I'm going to vote for Trump. Okay. I will. But that's not going to save us. You know, I saw on Twitter and I actually posted this as well. Everybody was getting all excited because Trump had COVID. And on the third day he emerged from Walter Reed and he went home to the white house and, he took his mask off and he's strong but ladies and gentlemen according to science according to science Jesus Christ had a 0.000 chance of rising on the third day but according to science Donald J Trump had a 99.9 nine, six percent chance of rising on the third day. Only one of those is a miracle. I'm going to say to you the reparation of blasphemy, the golden arrow prayer. My lovely wife, she keeps this uh, prayer card laminated and we keep it by our holy face. It says, quote, May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most mysterious and unutterable name of God be praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in hell by all God's creatures and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the most holy sacraments of the altar. Amen. That is the golden arrow prayer. It is a reparation for blasphemy. That's what we need. That's what we need. You want to fix this timeline? Develop and cultivate a spiritual life which includes a devotion to the Holy Face. I've done three videos so far about the Holy Face. You can see them. I've got the images pulled up. The first video talks about the establishment of the Arch-Confraternity. I do a long reading about that. The second are the nine promises associated with the devotion of the holy face, just like there are promises associated with praying the rosary, just like there are promises associated with wearing the scapular, just like there are promises associated with the sacred heart of Jesus. And then the third video is an interview with one of the holiest men I've ever met, Father Lawrence Carney, the walking priest, who is an apostle of the holy face. Catch those videos. They're in this very playlist. You're watching this video right now. They're in this playlist. It's all live. It's a live stream. Okay, I'm going to do one more thing before I take your questions. I'm going to do one more thing. I want to set the stage. Now, I we've got a lot of comments tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a lot of comments. We've got 400 people watching live right now and hopefully thousands more down the line. So I can't, possibly get to all your questions. I've, I've designated, you saw me typing earlier. I designated somebody as a moderator to try to slow down the comments and, uh, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff. Hopefully that works. I'm sorry. I'm a one man show. I miss Joe. I can't possibly moderate the comments and talk at the same time. You want me to talk? I'm going to do one more thing. What are the stakes involved? I just, I need to set the stage before I get to the comments. The stakes of losing this fight, the stakes of letting the government take over our lives, the stakes of succumbing to this Freemasonic New World Order system of government. What are the stakes? Here they are. You watch. Hi. These are the stakes. Our humanity. This is what's at stake. Living in a prison. Yep. It's okay. Hey, I love you. I wish. I can't even watch this. How can you watch this and not understand what... She's still got that ankle monitor on.
1: Damn prison.
0: What else can I do to convince you that you need the Holy Face? I love you! What else can I do to convince you?
1: I know, Mama. It's sickening. I love you!
0: That the weapon that our Lord gave us. I wish I can change it all to defeat communism. Communism seeks to destroy the family. It seeks to destroy the sacraments, the church. It seeks to deny the existence of God and to blaspheme His holy name. It seeks to profane His holy days. There's one devotion that our Lord gives us to defeat it. It's described in this book, The Golden Arrow, which you can still get. The handbook of the devotion of the Holy face is out there. It's hard to get. It's already sold out. Um, I will just say our family, we pray the litany of the Holy face the cha- and the chaplet and the chaplet um, on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Um, like I said, my wife, she made this. I'll tell you that some of the saints associated with the Holy Face are St. Joseph, Protector of the Holy Church, St. Michael the Archangel, St. Martin of Tours, St. Louis the Ninth, King of France, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Veronica of the Vale. Now, I just read today that our Lord specifically, specifically designated that St. Martin and St. Louis were to be part of the Holy Face, that they were supposed to be part of the, um, the movement of the Holy Face. And I think he chose St. Martin because the Holy Face originated in Tours, France, which is where St. Martin uh, used to walk and spread the faith and work miracles. And I think that he chose St. Louis because St. Louis was especially concerned about blasphemy if anyone in the, the kingdom of france under his reign were to utter a blasphemy he would have their tongues cut out so that they could never utter another blasphemy again by today's standards that seems pretty awful by god's standards that seems pretty just all right guys i'm going to take your questions but it's going to take me a second to catch up i would like what here's what i'm going to ask you to do I'm going to ask you to please leave your question or really intelligent comment, insightful comment with your name and town, name and town, so that when I read it I can say, "Hey, you know, Jordan Robertson from Houston, Texas or whatever has this question so I can take the question and I can answer it or whatever." I will ask please for the the other idle chat in the in the chat room, please stop that for right for right now so I can actually get your Questions. Okay, good. Um, Diane, the link for the Holy Face devotion prayer book is on the pages for the videos that Mike just displayed. Okay, yeah. People are asking, where can I get the devotion of the Holy Face? How can I get involved? First of all, just in getting involved with the Holy Face, I've had no less than three people offer to make you the chaplets, the chaplets that you're going to need to pray the chaplet of the Holy Face. Now, Unlike other chaplets, which some of which can be prayed on the rosary beads, this chaplet requires a unique chaplet because there are only 33 beads, one bead for each year of our Lord's life, 33 years on earth and 30 years of hidden life. So you have six by five, five senses, so you're meditating upon his senses, tastes, T- you know, touch, smell, sight, and sound. So you're meditating upon his five senses for 30 years, and then you have his three years of public ministry. And it's there are unique prayers with it. It's not complicated. Father Carney explains how to pray that chaplet in my video about the, the Holy Face. The interview with Father Carney. So you have to check that out. Um, but I have links in all three of these videos on how to get the booklet and other resources on the holy face yeah, let's see um king saint louis uh let's see Constance says king saint louis burnt thousands of talmud satanic bibles in paris um we need saint louis more than ever yeah we do we absolutely do okay sean morrissey uh t- Ninety-nine percent of Novus Ordo masses are reverent. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to touch that. You guys know where I stand on that. Can they be blessed if it's a donation? I don't know what you're talking about, Penelope. Sorry. Um. <clears throat> Sean Morrissey, I'm not telling you where I live. Nice try, FBI. Okay, fine. You don't have to tell me where you live. I thought that would be fun, Sean. Goodness gracious, everyone's serious tonight. Okay, AV asks, what do you think of the Pope's support of the interfaith Abrahamic house to be built in Dubai in 2022? Look, I mean, I think you can surmise my thoughts on that just from this video. Obviously, when you look at his comments in Abu Dhabi, which are now enshrined in a papal encyclical, which I can rest assured, if you want to catch my show Uh, or at least my contribution to Steve Cunningham's show on Census Fidelium, which airs every Friday, you will, uh, trust me, we're going to talk about Tutti Frutti and we're going to put your mind at ease that not all papal encyclicals are created equally and they don't carry the weight of the magisterium of the church necessarily, especially when a tool like an encyclical or a bowl or whatever is overused. And secondly, when there is error present. So if there's error present and or if it's overused and or if the Pope doesn't go out of his way to say that he is speaking dogmatically from the Church of Peter with the magisterium of the Catholic Church, then it's not magisterial teaching. So I'm not going to read Tutti Frutti. I'm not going to waste my time with it. I would rather spend my time prepping for a show for you guys to tie this timeline together. Wouldn't you agree that that's a better use of my time than reading Tutti, Tutti Frutti? So what do I think about the Pope's support of some interreligious thing? Well, I, it's, A, it doesn't surprise me. B, I'm, a, I'm against it. Um, Jacob Scott, are you able to tell us the source of the scientists that linked the coronavirus to October 6th last year? Uh, okay, Jacob Scott, good question. Okay, first of all, um, I'm not. I, I went back, I spent a reasonable amount of time looking because I saw this back in March. And somebody even messaged this information to me on the Facebook page, which has like 16,000 followers, by the way. So if you're not subscribed on Facebook or liking us on Facebook, you should do that because I put out memes every now and then that are pretty, pretty darn funny in my opinion. Um, and I couldn't find the message and I couldn't find the posts. I saw it back in March and April, multiple people, different sources. I even saw one person put out a, a semi scholarly article. I, I'm sorry, Jay. I couldn't find it. If I had found it, I would have shown you at least an image of it. Even just of somebody's Facebook post. If I had found that post, I would have screen grabbed it and grabbed the image and posted it for you. I'm sure it's out there. Maybe some people know how to search Facebook um, with with a more thorough fine-tooth comb than I do. I could not find it. But I'm I I I remember doing the math back then and I but I don't remember the numerator so you so the numerator was the total number of cases globally at that time when i first saw it in march or april and then dividing you know by the 6.8 doubling factor or or whatever the doubling factor was but i remember independently verifying that like oh well according to these parameters if these things are all true and if viruses do double every such and such days then yeah it does kind of imply an early october birthday to pachamama Uh, So no, sorry, Jacob, I can't actually, if I could prove it to you, I would. Like I said, I gave, I, I think that I gave it a qualifier of like, I don't know that it's true. I can't prove that it's true, but it's really, it's, it's one of the one, it's one of the two things that you're not going to hear from anybody else that Pachamama gave birth to COVID-19. Philip James writes, Catholics have been forced to apologize for the crusade, when will the Mohammedans be forced to apologize for their hundreds for oh, for their hundreds of years of tyranny on the innocents? Um, and then it scrolled. I missed the last part of it, Philip James. I mean, this is a good point. I mean, look, we apologize for the Crusades. The, uh, how many Crusades were there? A dozen or so, right? How many Muslim conquests were there? Hundreds. I mean, Muhammad himself personally was a warlord. He led hundreds of military campaigns in his life. You could actually say my father took a, a comparative religious studies class back in the 90s, back when, you know, before PC and before 9-11 and before bin Laden, before back when you could actually say the truth about Muhammadids. And the professor in his class opened the first day with the following soliloquy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to teach you about 12 different world religions. 11 of them are in common insofar as they are actual faiths in a deity. One of them is an outlier insofar as it is merely a political movement, and that is Islam. Islam is a political movement spread by the sword, spread by violence. Philip James, thank you for pointing that out. It is true that um, there's a lot more blood on their swords than ours, and yet we're the ones apologizing, including our Holy Father um, and many of the leaders uh, and and leading clerics of our church alive today doing apology tours, taking their cue from Barack Obama, who... Uh, I guess invented the apology tour. No, not really. John Paul II went to the wailing wall in 2000 and put his little note in there. And I'm so sorry for what we did. Yeah. Catholics are so bad. Okay. Andrew Ritter says restoring the faith. Hi, I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas. What are your thoughts on Cardinal Sarah? Um, Andrew, thank you for asking that question. Um, uh, my thoughts are nuanced. Um, I think that he's interesting. Do some people say he's going to be a pope? I don't know. I don't know if he's a leading contender to a pope. I don't know if he's going to be the next Pope Pius XIII. That's what we need is a Pope Pius XIII, somebody who's going to clean up and wreck Shop. It seems like he buys into a lot of the Vatican II modernist stuff. So to that extent, I don't really support him. But he, but I have to agree with him that silence is so important. It's funny. I'm sitting here on YouTube telling you that you need silence and and a fast from electronic media. Um, it it would be better for your soul to not watch me and to just meditate and pray. Um, but if you're going to watch something, at least hopefully, I God willing, I'm providing you something that's wholesome. Um, the whole thing with his book with Benedict and Benedict pulling his name and all that, um, I thought that was pretty weak sauce because, look, if those two men wrote a book together, then they should get credits, author credits, for the fact that they contributed to the book. Um, the fact that he, Cardinal Syrah, uh buckled under the pressure of a few angry people on Twitter does not bode well in my mind for whether or not he can stand strong against the new world order um, as a potential pope. So in my mind, after the whole kerflaffle with the book, with him and Benedict, where he backed out and pulled his name off, um, I thought that was pretty bad and um, and and pretty telling as to the fact that he maybe would not be the the uh, the prophesied. Pontiff, that we so badly need to uh, to write all these errors. Um, okay, let's see. Will you cover a just war theory soon? Asks MMSU thirty one. Um, that's a good question. Just war theory is something I looked into, especially when I was active duty in the Marine Corps. Um, just war theory is really important because um, I, when we preemptively struck Iraq, let's say. Um, it's a very high bar. Aquinas paints a very high bar for preemptive military strikes. In other words, he says that there has to be an imminent, imminent threat to your people in your country in order to preemptively strike somebody. For example, this is this is just one aspect of just war theory, but it just kind of came to my mind as I'm talking about the New World Order and, and the Bush family and, and W doing what his father failed to do and removing um, – removing a Saddam Hussein. I think that just war theory is important. Um, and it's something that we should cover, but what I have found MMSU 31 is that, um, I can only do about two videos a week with my workload and my sixth child on the way and all the other things that I do in my life, including being in the reserves. So I want to, use my time very, very effectively. So I have to be now a day. I have to be super selective about what I do a deliberate podcast about. Not one of these live streams where I'm streaming together stuff, which by the way, I want to tell you guys, I've got two more live streams planned between now and election day. Uh, they're, they're long like this. They're multi-point. It's got a lot of AV support and it's making, a, it's crafting of a, a pretty nuanced and significant argument. I want to get those out between now and election day. Please pray that I can do that and balance my duties with my various jobs and my home life. Um, but I think that uh, MMSU, just, just, to, just to answer your question, I'll write that down as a, as a potential topic to do for a Living the Faith podcast. But I've got to focus on getting the information out before election day that I think needs to needs to be out. So I don't know when I'll do it question from Portland Oregon Aaron says consecration of Russia to the immaculate heart of mary the deadline being 2029 yeah i mean look i have seen that before as well that there is a deadline of 2029 i, I don't i don't want to do a whole lot of eschat, eschat, what is that word eschatology eschatological Stuff here on Restoring the Faith, I don't want to make pronouncements about are we in the end times, is the end in the year, and all that stuff. I do tie in Our Lady of Akira like I did today because it's it's very significant. She started speaking in direct response to the Amazon Synod. I don't want to sit here and endorse the fact that 2029 is it, like the clock is over um, I've seen that I've heard it. Um, I think it's logical. Um, I think about it a lot. I just, I want to be very careful with what I release out into the world because, you know, I think people are sitting here watching these videos and saying, you know, if, if Mike has read this and, and vetted it, then I'm just going to accept it. And I don't want you to necessarily just hundred percent rely on my due diligence because I I often say I'm not a professional Catholic. I'm not getting paid to do this. This isn't my full-time job. Therefore, I'm free to tell you anything I want. Well, there's a downside to that too in in the fact that I'm not a professional Catholic. I'm not a trained theologian. I'm not an eschatological escalato- 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 expert. Um, so I don't think you should take what I say to the bank. I think you should validate and trust but verify. I use the Reagan method um, in terms of... Should we consecrate uh Russia to the Immaculate Heart? Absolutely. Our Lady came down from heaven to do that. I mean, she asked us to do that. I mean, it's been over a hundred years that we haven't done that. The closest thing that has happened, for those who don't know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you do know this. Our Lady of Fatima asked us to consecrate the the um to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart. Otherwise, the errors of Russia, i.e. communism, which I've talked a lot about in this video, are going to spread. The fact of the matter is that no, po- no pontiff has ever solemnly done that. Um, Pope John Paul II consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart, and I think he probably thought that that was pretty cutesy of doing that. I personally don't think that's cutesy. I don't think that cuts it. I don't think that meets the standard. You didn't do it. You failed. You died and you didn't do your job. You had one job. Our lady came down from heaven and told you to do it and you didn't. And when Benedict dies, I'll say the same of him. He had one job to do that and he didn't do it. So yeah, we, we have to do it. We have to do it. I hope we do it before 2029. Sure. I hope we do it tomorrow. I don't know that that time limit applies, but, um, I better, you know, it's ASAP is the time limit in my opinion. Joshua James Bell Show. James Bell, are you the guy that was sending me the maps back during um, uh, March and April? I think you were. The Joshua James Bell Show. What would you do if you were Pope? Well, uh, I would literally round up the Jesuits and set them on fire. I'm not kidding. I've said this before. People think I'm joking when I say this. I would burn them at the stake. There is something purifying about fire, and we used to take heretics and burn them at the stake. That's what I would do. I would grab James Martin, SJ, and I would give him an opportunity to repent, obviously, so that he could make himself right with God, and I would provide a priest to hear his confession, and I would offer him the last sacraments, and then I would burn him at the stake live stream. Live stream for the world to see. I'm not joking about that. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. Um D- Daniel from St. Louis just for funnies, what would be your papal name, Leo Pius or something else? Uh, I think I would choose Pius, although I kind of think that maybe after Pius X, it wasn't so good. So I'd have to, maybe Gregory. I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, Psalm, 90, Psalm 94 from Joe. Okay, great. I don't know what that is. I haven't memorized the Psalms. We Catholics are not so good at that uh garamondal warning is coming according to joe i'm not into that i'm just not i haven't gotten into that i'm not saying you shouldn't be into that i'm just saying i'm not into garamondal i'm certainly not into uh what's the one in croatia i avoid that like the plague i think that's actually fake sorry i'm not making friends tonight i told you i'm not here to make friends i'm not a i'm not a pro and i'm not i'm not here to make friends uh, Constance says, looks like the Irish Catholics were the first slaves in the USA and were sent to the Caribbean. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. The Irish Catholic, I mean, in the hundreds of thousands. By the way, just as a quick aside, Constance, thank you for bringing up Irish Catholics. This is important to me, and I, and I know that I've got a lot of viewers in ireland and i have a lot of irish blood and god willing if COVID 1984 ever goes away which i don't think it will but if it does go away i'm going to ireland i'm going to do a whole tour i'm going to go see i'm going to go see knock i'm going to go see galway um i'm going to go see everything that i want to see there the island of Aranmore, the holy isle um but constance brings up the irish is the first slaves in the united states did you know that irish slaves were so much cheaper than african slaves that it was very common to just beat them to death or starve them but an african slave was different you paid a lot of money for for an african slave so you've got an investment there you would often treat that slave better I'm not saying African slaves got any good treatment. I'm not saying anything un-PC. I'm just stating a historical fact that if you want to talk about reparations, if you want to talk about Black Lives Matter and the history of systemic racism in the United States, you should talk about the Irish experience in the United States and the fact that they were so plentiful as slaves and dirt cheap that you could just kill them and get another one. That's a historical fact. Let's just get our facts straight about slavery in the United States. Um, Let's see. Margaret Mary. Oh, I I lost your comment. Margaret Mary, I know who you are, and I really like you. I always like your comments. I lost it. Oh, here we go. We need another St. Pope Pius X. Yes, we do, Margaret Mary Young. God bless you. Thank you for saying that. I couldn't agree more with that. Joshua Leonard. Really appreciate all the amazing content. Uh, can we support RTF? How can we get one of the sweet patches? Thank you for asking the question from Cordelaine, Joshua. Joshua. Um, first, you can support RTF. Some of you have chose to do that in the live chat today, and I really appreciate that. That's awesome. If you would like, I do have a Patreon account. It is listed in the show notes of this video. You can become a regular patron, um It is only through the patronage of the patron look, I only have like thirty patrons okay i 'm not sitting here fat, sitting here fat with like hundreds of patrons that are paying me you know thousands of dollars a month to do this ministry or this apostolate or whatever you want to call this um I do this pretty much to the exclusion of family time and professional development and sleep. I do this as a service, I do this as a penance I do this partly as um, my support of the church, which is one of the six precepts of the church that I have to support Holy mother church. And because I can't give to Peter's pens, cause they're going to waste that money and I can't give to the papal foundation and I can't give in the second collection and I can't give to my Bishop, my Bishop who has told people that they should just go ahead and go to synagogues and mosques during the lockdown, because why the heck not? Um, I, I've invested thousands of dollars in this. Thousands, I mean, almost 10, probably $10,000 getting everything set up, building this room, the lighting, the sound, the, de- the data storage, the software to edit all this stuff and to live stream, the tower, the, the cards and the RAM and the, you know, the, the microphones and the, I mean, this thing right here, this roadcaster, I'll, I'll zoom out so on. you can see it. This roadcaster was like $850. I mean, it's the top of the line stuff so that you can hear me so that we have near- in pr quality sound so you can support me on patreon i would really appreciate it if you did that um i'm not I, I'm, I'm not doing this like contingent upon that but i'm just telling you that it would be so it would be a blessing to me and my family if we could get some of our investment back from doing this um i'm just gonna take a couple more questions daniel says preach it mike thank you um, Linda, Jesus said if his request, consecration of Russia, was not done, then the hierarchy would suffer the same as King King Louis of France. 100 years to the day France fell, King Louis lost his head. That's true, Linda. Thank you for pointing that out. Our Lord is really big on anniversaries. 100 years later, the King of France lost his head. 100 years 50 years later, as I told you in this show, 50 years to the day of the implementation of the Novus Ordo say God canceled the Novus Ordo. He did. He did, he did that. I, I, I line this out in, in three of these shows when we covered it, when we were all experiencing it live and emotions were really high back when Joe still had time to do this. I really miss Joe. Um, and we were talking about the shutdown and we were telling you it's coming soon to a theater near you. I told you my last major live stream, it's coming again. They're going to take Christmas from you. Be prepared for it. And Linda points out, God cares very much about anniversaries. Today is the one year anniversary of the Pachamama fiasco. And now we have Tutti Frutti. It's like both sides are digging in. Both sides are doubling down, but we know which side's going to win. We know which side is going to win. <clears throat> Katie in Atlanta says, I don't think burning Jesuits at the stake meets the YouTube community standard. <laughs> That's funny. I'll be in Atlanta for a wedding soon, Katie. We should say hi. You'll probably be at that same wedding. Um, Let's see, Philip Jane's Magigoria. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was Magigoria. I'm i not a Magigoria guy. sorry. I'm just going to say it today plainly and clearly. I'm not a Magigoria guy. I see how behind in the comments I am. Um, I did get an email the other day from Croatia and I didn't, I haven't yet replied to it, but just this live stream is reminding me of it. So if you're watching whoever emailed me from Croatia and said, thank you so much for your videos. Thank you for your email. I get lots of hate mail. I get lots of people telling me what, how messed up I am. And that's probably true. A lot of it is deserved. Um, Very few people actually tell me, like, good job and thank you for doing that. Like I said, I have, like, 30 patrons or whatever and a few likes here and there. Um, So it can be discouraging. But the good news is, maybe this is bad news, but the good news is I don't really care. I don't care. I don't care if you hate me or if you like me or whatever. I, I do this because this is my duty. I have to do something to support the church, and I can't give money to my bishops. So this is what I do. Okay, Margaret Mary, you saw my... Oh, Margaret Mary Young, you saw... Okay, yeah, I love you, lady. I don't know where you live. I don't know much about you, but I know that sol- your comments are solid. I read all the comments after the fact, and you are one of the top fans, so thank you for watching. Um, Let's see. There's a lot of chaff. There's a lot of chaff. Okay, if I missed your comment, I am so sorry. If I missed your question, I am so sorry. This video has to end. The words of Mike have to end. At a certain point... Um, I wish I could be with you all night. I really can't. I've got a lot of work to do. I have lots of things to do. Thank you for watching. Let me ask one more thing of you because hundreds of you are still watching right now even till the bitter end. Please just give this video a like. If you give this video a like, look, I had one, I had one video go to 50,000 views. The one about the deep church canceling mass, taking a bailout, taking away your Christmas mass. I think this video deserves that same level of viewership because this is the first time I think that anybody has unearthed to you the two astounding facts that the Pachamama gave birth to COVID-1984 and that on the 50th anniversary to the day of the Novus Ordo Mass, God canceled the Novus Ordo Mass and has still hobbled it. It hobbles along like a zombie, and I think someday it will be gone. Um, And now you know how I feel about that. And I'm not going to have a lot of friends for saying that, but if you give this video a like and a share and you share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, text it to your friends, then the algorithm will see that a lot of unique viewers are watching it. And the Russian bots who control YouTube will say inadvertently that maybe I'll I'll slip under the radar again and they'll present this video to a lot of people who need to see it. Um, so I would ask you to do those two things. And then finally, Consider giving me uh, some support on Patreon. It'd be great. If you do come to the $30 a month, I I know that's a lot, especially in this economy, which has been wrecked by COVID-1984, the pandemic, the scandemic, all that. I know $30 a month is a high bar, but if you are able to give $30 a month, I will send you a patch. And um, if you're able to give anything per month, I do exclusive content just for my patrons. Did you know that? I only have time to do one to two videos a week for the masses, but I do find time once a month to do a live video with the patrons that I, that I appreciate so much. And I take their questions even sometimes and I let them know what's coming down the pike. So I've made reference, for example, to the fact that I have two more live streams planned between now and election day. I'm going to tell the patrons exactly what those videos are about. I'm going to share them the thumbnails. I've already made the thumbnails. I've already sketched out the arguments. I'm going to let the patrons know what's coming down the pike. You know, sometimes I do that and I lose a patron because they're like, oh, I know I'm not. I'm not for that. And you know what my response is to that? I don't care because this is not my primary job. So you get me. You just, Look, for better or for worse, you get me. I'm not beholden to big money. I can't be bought. I'm not beholden to patrons. I'm not doing what um, is popular or not popular. I'm not trying to get followers. I'm just trying to do what is a service to the church. So if you could support me on Patreon so I can get some of my investment back, that would be great. I would appreciate that. But if you don't, that's fine too. Like the video. Share it. God bless you. I'm going to give you a, the, the new and updated RTF promo. Here it is. God bless you. Take care.